You're listening to Thousand Counters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart in Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, where we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have Daniel Mateo joining us in the studio, and uh, Daniel will be presenting his 12th episode under the series Drawing from the Well. Welcome, Daniel. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, Tabitha. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, very excited about our discussion today and happy to be back here. We're happy to have you here. Um, How have you been so far? How has your week been? Yeah, really good. Yeah, no, uh, having a good week. Um, We're... uh, Pre-recording this uh, this show because uh, at the time of uh, of our um, broadcast, I'm going to be up in Scottsdale and I'm going to be running what we call a Stormco trip or a Service to Others Really Matters trip, uh, which is uh, where we take a bunch of teens to a community and we do the best we can to serve the community and uh, and to help them in whatever way we can. So um, so right now, um, as this goes to goes to air, I'll be involved in um, in helping those teens run a kids club for the community kids in the morning in Scottsdale throughout the throughout the week and also in the afternoon assisting with some community service also so yeah very fun mm, yeah and if you want to be part of the program it's it must be a very rewarding experience um you can just reach out if you live close to Scottsdale or around Launceston because it's not far from Launceston um you can just send us a message um through our show number 0488 Double eight zero eight nine one, and um, we can involve you with that as well. And um, just as um, Daniel has mentioned, uh, we still have a listener question, but um, the responses we'll talk about the responses from our listeners next time, um, next week, um, during next week's program. Um, so Daniel, did you want to quickly share a summary of what you talked about last week? Yeah, sure. Well, last week we talked about the Bible as philosophy. We sort of rehearsed some of the great thinkers uh, throughout time that have sat down and thought about the the whys and the wherefores about existence and knowledge and um, you know meaning and and all of that. And uh, and we talked about how the Bible actually answers all of those deep philosophical questions in a pretty profound way right in the in the first chapter of the Bible. So yeah, that's what we discussed last week. It was it was a good discussion. I enjoyed uh, chatting about that with you. It was. And if you missed, uh, you can catch up through the Faith FM app or through the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. And uh, if you have any questions, just um, send us a message and we'll be able to assist you out with that. And uh, what do you have for us today? Well, today, Tabitha, we're talking about a very interesting and actually a little bit controversial subject. We're talking about the Bible as science. So, mm. yeah, that's what we're talking about uh, as we get into it. And, uh, yeah. I'm sure it's not something you'd expect, the Bible of science. Mm, you wouldn't think those two can go together, but we're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Would you like to pray for us as we start? Sure. Um, Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you that we're able to do this program, and we thank you for our listeners who have joined us today, God. We pray that you may bless them. And Father, I pray that... Um, Whatever needs that they may have, that you may attend to them. Some may be going through hard times. God, please comfort them and uh, please show your love to them um, through the people around them. Be with Daniel as he shares your word. May we be blessed um, by you through him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Right. So the Bible as science. 
I want to tell you a little story. When I was in grade six, I think it was, my uh, my teacher was away. Uh, he must have been sick or something, and we had a relief teacher, casual relief teacher, come in and speak to us. And, you know, he we went throughout the day, and he taught us the things he needed to tell us about maths or whatever. And just as we got to the end of the day, we maybe had about half an hour or 40 minutes left over. Let me just see. I was in... I'm trying to think about what year this was. It would have been around about 1994, around about there, so sort of mid-90s. Not quite sure what year. And uh, as we're getting towards the end of the day, um, the teacher said, okay, everyone, put up your hands if your parents believe in God. Hmm. And, uh, and so some of us put up our hands. And he said, you know what? Your parents are idiots. Yeah, I know. No. So you, w- you wouldn't get away with that today, let me tell you. But uh, anyway, this, you know, this is what he said. He said, believing in God is the stupidest, uh, most unscientific thing. Science has proved wrong the Bible. It has proved wrong uh, the idea of God, that we don't need any of that. You know, that if, you be- if any adults, any intelligent adults still believe that uh, in this day and age, they're just totally backward and unscientific. And, uh, and they're just total idiots. And, and that's what he, he sort of went on this rant for, for probably about 20 or 30 minutes. And then we finished school, the bell rang, and he went home. So he, we all went home. So he was, I don't know, some sort of uh, what we call an anti-theist. It's not an, an atheist just doesn't believe in God. But an anti-theist is somebody that actually act- actively crusades against, against mm. the idea of belief. And, uh, and that, this, was, this was this guy. But this was the claim. The claim was the, the, belie- the idea of the belief in God and the idea of, uh, of Scripture can't go together with science or scientific truth and that these things are um, what's called mutually exclusive. And so that's um, what he was about. And that's what a lot of people actually believe. You know, a lot of people have that concept or that idea that these things uh, contradict each other, that if somebody is a person of faith, that they cannot be a person of science and vice versa. So what, what is science actually, though? I mean, and a lot of people... When they think about science, they might think about inventions. They might think about museums. They might think about people in white coats. But what what, would it, what is it? It's really nothing but the study of the natural universe as it is. Mm. And as a result, because it's really studying and looking at and trying, it's it's a study of things that can be experimented with, things that can be tested, things that can be observed. Mm. It, it really can't tell us anything at all about the supernatural and the metaphysical world mm. because it's by definition um, a study of the of the physical and observable universe and and these things are you know also by definition invisible so what i mean by supernatural is supernatural would be things like angels would be things like god would be things like uh you know things of a spiritual nature uh, metaphysical would be things that are very very real but but can't be seen like um, love or music or whatever, like two uh, scientific instruments, two scientific testing, um, uh, you know, for the purposes of scientific te- testing, there really is no difference between, um, you know, a piece of beautifully played casual music and just random sounds and so forth. You know, sounds are sounds are sounds as far as um, pure scientific knowledge is concerned. But there's something that happens inside me. Uh, that is metaphysical when I listen to a piece of music as opposed to when I listen to something random. And um, and that, what happens inside me will change based on my experiences. It will change based on my uh, my thoughts and my opinions. It will change based on my emotions and my senses. And I might listen to the same piece of um, 
um, classical music that you listen to and our response to that might be very different. And so that's something in a sense that metaf- metaphysical and it's very, those are the sorts of things that, that science finds it very difficult to, uh, to quantify and to qualify. So is the Bible able to be reconciled with the idea of science? Can we even do science, uh, I suppose, without, um, uh, without certain intellectual bases or platforms, forms that we get from the Bible? Well, I would like to suggest that actually, as opposed to being totally contradictory to, 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 to science, Scripture actually lays down a bunch of ideas that if we didn't have them in our thinking, that, uh, that we couldn't even do science to begin with. That, that Scripture actually gives us a platform uh, in order to study the universe in a way that's meaningful um, and, and to arrive at scientific truth. So we're going to have a look at some of that, those platforms today, and we're also going to have a look at some of the scientific statements in Scripture and see if they bear up um, to, uh, I guess, to scrutiny, okay? Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to do today, yeah. Is science something that you're interested in? What do you think of when you think of science, Tabitha? What do I think of? <laughs> I think of experiments. <laughs> yeah, so beakers with coloured liquids in them, maybe. I don't mm, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Lots of yeah, just um, trying to understand something through experiments or explain actually, um, yeah, what's happening through uh, carrying out experiments and then coming to conclusions based on your findings yeah. from the experiment. Well, that's right. And that, that you're talking a little bit about, you know, scientific method there, and that's that's all important. Yeah. I think I think the word science just means knowledge. I think that's what it means. I'm just trying to think about my Greek and Latin roots, and I can't quite think of the, of the root as I'm talking to you, but I think it's just talking about knowledge and knowing is what the actual word itself means. And so it's this idea that as we continue to study the world around us, as we continue to study the universe, as we study each other, or as we study the animal kingdom, as we study the environment, that our knowledge should grow and expand. And there is something that we get from Scripture that is going to help us to be able to do that. And we're going to begin with in the Psalms. It's Psalm chapter 119, verse 160. Can you read that for us, please? Sure. The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous um, judgments endures forever. Mm. So there's an idea in Scripture that's important for us to have as a platform or as a basis for our, um, I guess, embarkation on a scientific journey. And that is the idea that truth is a real thing. That there is such a thing as objective truth, that it's real, that that it's objective, that it's out there, that it's discoverable, that it's possible for a person to be right as opposed to wrong. Um, all of these ideas that are, uh, are important are for us to, uh, to, to embark on science. And you might think, well, big deal, right? I mean, everybody knows that some things are true or some things are untrue. Well, it's, it's actually not accurate, isn't it? There's a lot of cultures that have this idea of sort of like both and, you know, there's your truth and there's my truth. There's a sense that, you know, um, that truth is really a subjective thing. Uh, but in Scripture, truth is real. In actual fact, it, it comes all the way from Jesus himself who said, I am the truth. You know, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There's a sense of objective truth. And, and we need that idea that there is such a thing as real truth that we can arrive at um, in order to do science. Yeah, and so that's our first philosophical basis. Yeah. Mm, sure. Um, we'll hear more of that um, in the next section, but we just need to take a break for now. And before we take a break, I just want to ask our listeners to let us know 
What do you think of God and the scientific study of the universe? Uh, do you think that can go together or do you think they are mutually exclusive? Do you think um, science and um, God go hand in hand or they are totally different? Let us know on zero four double eight. Double eight zero eight nine one, and I will be able to share your responses next week. Our first song is "The Perfect Wisdom of Our God" by Keith and Christine Getty.
That was the perfect wisdom of our God by Keith and Kristen Getty. A very, very beautiful song. I like this song um, because of the words that um, the singers are talking about. The perfect wisdom of our God, how he created the universe. And, you know, it's just when you try to look at our God's creation, it's just amazing. You know, you just see how God is very um, wise and um yeah, it's hard sometimes to understand how God created some things and even like how the, the a child forms, you know, sometimes you think, oh, you know. And uh, just still encouraging our listeners to let us know um, what you think. Do you think science and the, there's any relationship between science and um, the idea of God? Or um, or do you think they are, there's no cor- correlation at all? Let us know your thoughts um, through 048-880-891. We have a free book offer for you, our listeners. It's called Understanding Creation, and this book contains answers to questions on faith and science, and it's by Hambato Rassi. Um, we'll give you more information about that later on. Um, Daniel, in the previous section you talked, um, you introduced the what's idea of science, what it is. Um, you said it's the study of the universe, and you also mentioned that the Bible contains some scientific information. Actually, um, can you share more on this, please? Yeah, no problem. So, I, I just like to make it clear that um, I'm not a scientist. Okay, and so it's not my area of study. My area of study is theology and philosophy. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I spend my time reading about. That's what I. That's what I love to chat about and to study. But I do know that um, without some of the ideas, without some of the bases that we find in the scripture, it will be very difficult uh, for us to do science. Scripture actually, rather than con- contradicting or. Um, or being a dichotomy with uh, with you know at odds with uh, with science, uh, it actually lays down the philosoph- the philosophical um, and belief the worldview foundations that we need to be able to do it well, and that's the reason why science made such huge leaps under men like you know Sir Isaac Newton, who was a strong Christian, you know, that really believed in the Bible, that wrote a lot on things like Bible prophecy, the book of Daniel and so forth, um, because he loved to study that stuff. He believed in God, mm-hmm. and it was his believing, belief in God and the ideas that he got from Scripture that gave him the basis that allowed him to study the universe. Mm-hmm. So in our last section, we talked about the fact that this idea that truth is a real thing, you know, that, the, that there is a real objective truth that can be arrived at. And along with that, there's an idea in Scripture that our senses can give us uh, truth about the universe, that our, tr- our senses can be relied on. And our reason, you know, can be relied on, relied on to help us to arrive at the truth. And we need that idea to do science. And we find that in John chapter 8, verse 32. Can you uh, read that for me, please? Sure. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Yeah. And the Jesus, truth shall set you free. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you, you like that one, do you? I can see there's a big smile on your face. Is that meaningful for you? Meaningful for you it is verse? quite popular, I think. It is quite yeah. a popular saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, this was a saying of Jesus. And he. if you can discover the truth, then that means that the the tools that God has given us, the senses, our five senses, our mind, you know, have, have the ability to take information in about the world and about the universe that can be trusted and then to process it uh, in such a way as that we can arrive at truth. We can figure out things. Uh, we can get more knowledge. And you might think, oh, well, that's obvious, you know, that's sort of, but not necessarily. Like if you believe that, you know, that, that human beings are a result of random chance, accident of of nature and of chemistry that we we arose from 
basically from nothing and that uh, there was a there was an accident that resulted in human life then why is it that you believe that your senses will give you accurate information what if the actual case is mm-hmm. what if the actual case is that your senses evolved best you know in giving you inaccurate information what happens if your brain evolved best actually giving you wrong information mm. what happens if you are actually kind of like some um, some movies or, or films present sort of pre- present the idea of you know you actually being stuck in some sort of dream world you know maybe you're actually floating in a tank of water somewhere and there's all sorts of cords uh, into your brain and you think that you're really in the world and you think that what you observe is really happening but actually it's all just a dream mm. you know maybe there was some sort of situation like that that, that you know, evolution re- resulted in you, um, whatever you perceive, not actually being truth. So unless we believe that our, our senses, our reason, have been created for the purpose of giving us truth, it's very difficult to, to trust that we really can arrive at truth uh, by using those processes. So, but that's what the Bible says. The Bible says you can know the truth. And the truth will let you th- will make you free. That it's possible for you to discover truth. That's an important basis for us to be able to do science. Hmm. Uh, another basis that's important that we get from Scripture is this idea that the universe is ordered and therefore comprehensible. Hmm. Um, if I am reading a book, I have to trust in order to read that book that first of all my eyes are given me accurate information we talked about that last time but also that the book itself isn't just gibberish that Mm. that information has been put there uh, and can be read and understood by me Mm. and when when we study the universe when we study the world we have to have an assumption that there's order out there um, that uh, that there's things that we can comprehend and discover and that these things will make sense that this uh, this information that's out there in the universe is able to be understood and is comprehensible and uh, we get that idea from Job 35.5. Can you read that for us, please? Sure. And I'm reading all the scripture passages from um, New King James Version. Um, Look to the heavens and the sea, and behold the clouds, they are higher than you. Oh. So there is an idea in Job that God actually tells people to have a look at the universe. Look at the stars. Look at the clouds. Look at the mountains. Have a look and see. And, and they're going to. it's going to tell you information, not just about... Um, itself, but it's going to tell you information. God speaking, he says, it's going to tell you information about me and who I am as well. Mm. And so we understand a little about God from looking at creation. We understand a little about, as well as understanding more about creation itself. Mm. And so that makes, so the book that we're reading, if the universe is the book, then that book has an author. It's it's been designed to be read. Mm. And just like you might not always find out exactly about an author from reading some book that he's written you do gather information about him so even if that book isn't about the author maybe it's about some other um, subject but as you read the book you can gather information uh, um, about him and so when we look at creation when we look at the universe okay that stuff isn't directly about god the bible tells us directly about god but we can glean information about him by looking at it i can see when i look into nature there's beauty here there's creativity here there's Mm -hmm. diversity here there's relationship here there's connection here. All of these things tell me about who God is. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so we have a comprehensible universe. You know that that is uh, to that is a basic assumption 
uh, for us to be able to do science. If I'm going to try and study and understand something, I need to believe and know that, uh, that it's able to be understood. Mm. And that leads us into our next point, and that is that the Bible declares that the, the universe is actually governed by a lawgiver and by sort of certain fixed laws. Um, can you read Psalm 119, verse 160, please? Yeah. Um, the entirety of his word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Hmm. So there's an idea of truth and the judgment of God being um, pre-existent or eternal. And it's for that reason that because scientists like Newton uh, believed in a lawgiver uh, who was eternal, that they went looking for fixed laws in nature. Now, one of the things that we believe about the supernatural is that if God is God, then even though he creates certain fixed laws in nature, for example, the law of gravitation. If I, uh, you know, you're, you're having a lovely hot drink uh, this morning and if I pick that up and, you know, throw it over Let there it into go. the corner, <laughs> yeah, there's only one direction it's going to go, right? And there's only one thing Damn. that's going to happen. <laughs> so that's what, that's what we think about of being the, the law of gravitation. Mm. Uh, but if we believe that God is God, he's all, also able to interrupt those laws at different times for his own divine purposes. So we expect that the majority of time that, that that will happen, but we read stories in the Bible where, uh, for example, Jesus walked on water, mm. you know, where he defies the law of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's so as people that believe in, in God and in the supernatural, we don't believe that God is unable um, to suspend his own laws um, when he desires. So it's not that we don't believe in, in natural law. We do. We just believe that God is powerful enough to suspend those laws. He's the author of them. Mm. And when he desires in his own design, divine purpose, he can suspend them uh, to um, to perform any any purpose or task that he has at that given moment. Mm. Yeah. So, but that's the reason. I mean, that's the reason why, why Newton went looking for some of these things and uh, because he had that basis that there is a lawgiver out there and as a result, there must be fixed laws that govern uh, what happens. Yeah. Mm. And Jesus turned water into wine. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> You'd that's... expect wine to come out of grape, uh, grapes, yeah, mm. but not just have water there and then it just turns into wine. Oh, well, I mean, you know, and, you know, we've got the Immaculate Conception and, you know, we can, we can think of, uh, you know, Jesus' birth, the situation around that. And mm. we think of his, his ascension. We think of, you know, resurrection. We think of healings. All of these times when natural law uh, is in place for the vast majority of human history, but there's times when God specially intervenes and, uh, and suspends that. In actual fact, we, you know, and some people say, well, it's stupid that one might believe in that. But it, that doesn't mean that we don't believe in, um, in in fixed laws it's we, we call that an interruption it's a supernatural event it's something that doesn't normally happen on the, you know as a regular as the mm. regular course of things and we actually have a word for that it's miracle mm. because we know that we don't expect to see it yeah you know on a, but every now and then and and to be honest I will I'll be honest with you in terms of practicality I at different times as a pastor have have prayed in very difficult situations or with people that are going through hard times or sicknesses or Whatever, and have seen what I believe are miracles, where God has intervened and suspended what would have normally happened, or changed it, uh, in order to bring about an, an event. Uh, now I can't bank on that, and I don't pretend to be able to control God. But every now and again, because He's good, He does answer, and I believe I've seen miracles. Yeah, mm. Mm. indeed. Um, let us know what do you think about God and science. Do you think they are correlated or they are mutually exclusive? Let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Our next song is 
It was his idea by Colin Bachanan. Setting sun on Uluru A mother's whispered I love you The winning goal in extra time It was his idea The friend to hold you in your grief The shooting star, the coral reef That beautiful discovery was his idea It was his idea He's the reason that we're here Jesus got his fingerprints on everything that's good The tender touch of skin on skin The oxygen we're breathing in song the dance the work of art it was his idea the hunger inside me and you that longs for grace and justice too mercy by another's blood that was his idea it was his idea he's the reason that Jesus got his fingerprints on everything that's good Not chasing mist, not playing chance, not by an empty circumstance When every atom, every cell screams it was his idea He's the reason that we're here Jesus got his fingerprints On everything that's good It was his idea He's the reason that we're here Well, Jesus got his fingerprints On everything that's good Say we're meat, we live, we die There is no truth, but God's a lie One day every tongue will cry It was his idea This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio that was it was his idea by Colin Buchanan and you're listening to Taz Encounters with Daniel Matteo and Daniel is presenting on the topic of the Bible as science and I'm still encouraging our listeners to let us know if they what they think of um the idea of God and um science do you think there's any relation any correlation or do you think the two are mutually exclusive let us know on 0488 Double eight zero eight nine one. Now, Daniel, in the previous section, you talked about finding truth from the Bible, and that truth gives us a reason. And you also mentioned about um, the laws, 
the universe being governed by the laws as we read from the book of Psalm 119 verse 160 and um how Jesus defied the laws not because we don't he doesn't believe in those laws but because of that power like he's powerful and he has that ability to do that um what else do you have for us in this topic of the bible as science Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Tabitha. And I'll just clarify, we weren't talking about theological laws like the Ten Commandments or whatever the or moral. You know, it's it's very clear that Jesus always kept all of those. It was important for him to do that. But there were times when he um suspended natural laws um like, you know, the law of gravitation when he when he ascended to heaven or whatever, you know. So so that I'll just just clarify that. Mm. So yeah, we we talked about uh, all of that that the, the universe has these laws that are in place and that implies a lawgiver. you know that implies a somebody that is uh that is authoring those we always also have this idea in scripture that the universe had a beginning now you you can read it for me if you'd like from genesis 1:1 because it's it's one of the most well-known verses in the bible but it has actually a complicated history scientifically so if you read it for me please i'm reading all the um scripture passages from the new king james version Um and Genesis 1:1 reads in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, beginning, right? The universe has a beginning. Um and uh and the scripture purports to say that that the first cause of the universe was God. Hmm. Now, the reason why I say this is controversial um you know and and scientifically is because for the longest time western science believed that the universe was eternal. Hmm. that it had no beginning. And that's because it was strongly influenced by um Greek philosophy, mm-hmm. ancient Greek philosophy. And so if you were going to school in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, not the 2020s, uh you know <laughs> that you would have learned that the universe has no beginning. Um that it was just always there as it was as we look out with our telescope and we see out in the universe you know that's the way that things always were and always will be but the bible contradicted that it said that the universe had a beginning well it wasn't until i think it was in the 1960s when they applied the theory of relativity you know einstein's theory of relativity so applying this theory caused them to discover that the universe is actually expanding and when they figured out it was expanding they figured out it must have had a beginning and then that that was the generation of um you know the so-called big bang theory and all of that that them must have, you know you we look around the universe and we see there's you know over 100 billion galaxies in the universe all of them filled with hundreds of millions of stars around which orbit probably octillion planets all of that stuff can't have just come from nowhere the, you know how could it just have arisen all of this matter spontaneously generating there must be some theory and then people came up with the multiverse theory and all there was all sorts of ideas to try and explain this idea that wow you know it's it's it was easy for us to to believe that it just was always there but for it to have a beginning and to somehow arise from nothing was very very difficult indeed and so uh, so but the bible said that and it said that actually it doesn't just have it didn't just have a beginning it's got a cause and that cause is in the supernatural and uh and that causes in the spiritual and that god causes god himself so that was really cool um i just want to um um want you to read for me please isaiah 45:12 and also jeremiah 10:12 because this idea about the universe expanding that we didn't know until we applied the idea of relativity 
that also was something that the Bible said as well. So would you like to read that for us, please? Sure. Have made the earth and created man on it. I, my hands stretched out the heavens and all their hosts I have commanded. So that was Isaiah 45, 12. And can you read, please, Jeremiah ten twelve? Sure. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. So uh, both of those verses say that God stretches out the heavens. You see that there? Mm. He stretches them out. Well, we, we now know that the universe is expanding in, in every direction, mm. you know, uh, constantly, and that this is, a, this is an ongoing process, that God is stretching out the heavens. And by the way, this is really cool, because what that means is in eternity, we are never going to run out of places to explore. Mm. Because it's, it's God will keep expanding. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the first billion years of eternity, you might have explored our solar system and think, hmm, I got, what am I going to do next? Well, you've still got your whole galaxy. And when you're finished after the first couple of billion years exploring the galaxy, maybe, well, what's next? You know, well, new, new stars are being generated all the time and, you know, all of this. So creation is an ongoing process. But isn't it interesting that the Bible said that this this idea of the heavens or the um, or the, the, the observable space is being stretched out long, long, long before we figured out that the universe, not just at a beginning, but was expanding. The Bible got those two things right. Mm. That's pretty good science, actually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. And so along with that is, is a, a couple of verses that seem to strongly imply that Earth is an orb. Now, it doesn't specifically say it, but I want you to please read them for me, and, um, and we can sort of deduce something and see what sort of picture that it grow, that we get out of it. Can you read Isaiah chapter 40, 22? Sure. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and it is inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Beautiful. So there's some kind of, you can see it's combining the, the metaphorical language there. Also, Proverbs eight twenty two. Can you read that? Sure. Proverbs um, 8.22, the Lord processed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. Awesome. So it's talking about wisdom. And we're going to look at Job 26.7 as well, please. Sure. He stretches out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. Beautiful. Okay. So Isaiah um, chapter 40 verse 22 says that he's, he's enthroned above the circle of the earth. And uh, Job 26.7 says he hangs the earth over nothing. Mm. You know, isn't that interesting? You know, when mm. you look at the explanations for, um, for the, the planet in some ancient mythology, you know, always you have, you know, this idea of a flat earth, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, the sun and the, the moon are orbiting around that flat earth. And uh, usually that flat earth, flat earth is being held up in some way on something or other, you know, either creatures, sometimes a god, someone's holding it up. Mm. But the Bible says, no, 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 we've got a circle here, and that circle is suspended over nothing. Mm. <laughs> you know, it, it's some very interesting scientific statements, right? And I, I don't know whether or not the prophets, as they wrote these words, would have understood what we understand about science. But that's the great thing about inspiration, that God has actually used this, these words to express something that's true. Mm. And, uh, and, and these are all areas that the Bible has, uh, has ended up being right. And what's really sad sometimes, and this is what we have to be careful of, is that in the history of the church, there have been people that have departed from what the Bible teaches on these things and said, all right, well, everyone out there believes the earth is flat, so it must be flat, all right? And or everyone out there believes this or that, so that must be the way it is. When all the time there was truth in the Bible that pointed to what was actually the case. And if they had to just hung on a little while, 
then science would have caught up with the Bible. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. And so that gives us a little bit of um, a little bit of a strategy that sometimes if we have disagreement between science and scripture, that it's a good idea to just hang fire a little bit and just say, look, I don't understand this. It seems like science is contradicting what I'm reading here. Or, But maybe there's going to be one of two things will happen. Maybe some scientific discovery will come along and just flip everything on its head. So finally, we'll be able to understand that the scripture was right all along. Or secondly, something that might happen uh, might be that a way of understanding the scripture, an mm. interpretation or a, or a new understanding of scripture might arise that might help us to reconcile that. And um, and maybe we might understand something about the context or the or the of the author or whatever that helps us to put that in place, and understand it in a way that reconciles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. Indeed. Um, understanding creation. That is our free book offer, and this book contains answers to questions on faith and science, and it's by Humberto Rassi. Um, so for centuries, Western culture operated within the context of a Christian worldview. But during the past 200 years, our culture, particularly the scientific community, has been moving away from the Christian worldview and assuming a naturalistic stance that discounts any supernatural intervention in the origin functioning and maintenance of our world, and as a result, two opposing philosophical views contend for allegiance today. This book, Understanding Creation, contains several convictions. Um, the Bible record is an essential component of Christian doctrine. Um, Christian faith and empirical science can work fruitfully together, and our comprehension of truth is progressive. Um, we'll give you the code to claim this book offer after the break. Um, for now, let's listen to this song, Self-Existent, God Eternal by Jonathan Andrew Kurtz. Redeemer of our souls by 
us falter ever till we reach our goal. Self-existent, God eternal. That is by Jonathan Andrew Cruz. And you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And uh, Daniel has been presenting on this topic, the Bible as science. Um, I promise to give you the code to claim a free book offer, which is uh, called Understanding Creation. And this book contains answers to questions on faith and science. And it's by Humberto Rassi. Um, we've got two copies to give away. And the Codes to claim the book is draw 12. Um, text draw and number 12, but together don't put any space in between. Um, text to 0488-880891 and we'll be able to send this book to you. And just to let you know, it may take a few weeks sometimes before you can receive the book. And if any, if you get like more than two uh, people requesting for the book, you can still, we can refer you to, um, we can give you ways to um, purchase the book, but we have free copies to give to the first two people to text in draw 12 to 488 Daniel, I believe we are in the last section of today's sharing. Um, time goes by so quick. <laughs> it does. It does. Very interesting discussion today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What else do you have for us? We've shared a lot on... Um, the Bible, I mean, as science containing some scientific information, very, very interesting um, information for us. What else do you have to share before we finish off? Uh, thank you so much. Okay, so I would say probably the biggest scientific issue, um, well, I don't know whether it's the biggest scientific issue or not, but um, at least it purports to be the biggest scientific issue that is before us in the media, um, you know, in our educational institutions. Uh, in our political spectrum is this idea of of our, the, what human beings are doing to the environment. Would you say that? Mm. Something that, uh, you know, everybody's talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe that Scripture's got something to say about this subject also. Mm. And, um, and I believe that it's good news because one of the things that is, I kind of... I don't know, I guess a little bit difficult to um, to process as we often hear or speak about this subject is there just doesn't ever seem to be any bad, any good news. It's always bad news, you know, we're destroying the place and there's nothing we can do about it and, you know, it's all going to end badly and, and increasingly people, scientists are saying that we've gone past the point of no return 
in terms of our damage to the environment that um, that really the changes we're instituting now should have happened decades ago and and you know we're, things things are going bad quick now we read this last week when we read in in Genesis that one of the jobs and responsibilities that God gave to humanity right at the beginning was to look after the environment mm. and he gave them dominion over the animals and over the over the the earth and we were supposed to be stewards we're supposed to take care of that earth we're supposed to take care of our environment we're supposed to take care of the plants and the and the, and the creatures and so forth and I think it's pretty clear that we've failed at that now right at when during Jesus ministry when he predict, when he predicts the situation um, uh, in the world right before the end of time he starts talking about what is going to happen in the environment as a result of human beings failing at that stewardship. Hmm. And he talks about natural disasters and he talks about plagues and he talks about all sorts of things that are going to happen. And it seems like pretty bad news. In fact, it, it kind of seems like some of the news reports that we see going on as a result of the world around us today. And it seems like Jesus predicted that all those years ago. Would you like to read for me Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, though? Because it has got some bad news and also some good news. Hmm. Matthew 24... Verse 22, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Yeah, so after going through in Matthew 24, and Jesus makes it clear what the, the horrible situation that will be in the last days um, before, um, before his return. Mm-hmm. He says that unless those days were shortened, everyone would die. That, it, that these, that as a result, well, in partly as a result of our... Um, lack of taking good care of the planet that he's entrusted to us that that you know eventually that we would all destroy one another or that we would be destroyed no flesh would survive but he says but mm-hmm. for the sake of the elect those days will be shortened um, and what it means is that god is going to intervene and that's the good news is that we really as human beings we, we tend to be pretty good at stuffing things up i remember when i was a kid you know um you know my mum would clean my room and and then I'd, I'd start to play, and by the end of the day, the room looked like it had never been cleaned, you know. Like not only that it had just been cleaned, but it had never been cleaned. And human beings are like that. You put us in an environment for any period of time, and it's long, not long before we destroy it, and that's, that's more or less a pattern. But God is going to intervene. We don't have to be worried that, you know, that this is going to be the end holus bolus, that God is going to step in and, and rescue us from ourselves, which is good news. That even though we want to do the best we can to take care of our environment while we're here, um, that... Um, I think it's important that we we understand that that God has got bigger and better plans for us, and those are in eternity as well. And uh, in fact, even in Revelation, it says something similar. In Revelation chapter eleven, verse eighteen, it says that Jesus, when he comes back, he's coming to destroy those who destroy the earth. And this is an amazing scientific information because up until very recently, it was impossible for human beings to to envision a situation where they could destroy the earth. You know, I mean, the biggest problems that they could come up with with some sort of bushfire the biggest damage they could do to an environment was to i don't know you know maybe leave an open sewer around for the hugest majority of human history there wasn't really that much we could do to the earth Mm -hmm. but in the last hundred years we have developed devastating weapons devastating um processes for producing uh producing um goods and so forth that are absolutely destructive to the environment and it wouldn't we you know we're looking very nervously at the situation in Europe at the moment saying man a breakout in war over there could result 
you know, in a nuclear war that would destroy the earth. And so we are very concerned and nervous about this, but the good news is that Jesus won't allow the world to be completely destroyed, that he's going to step in and save us from ourselves. And that's mm-hmm. the that's the positive bit of scientific inf- information. So as we look back over the course of today, you know, we've just found out an amazing amount of uh, scientific stuff, not just the philosophical basis, but in scientific information from the Bible that God uh, that God gives to us. It's amazing stuff, isn't it? Mm. It is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, are we going to... Yeah, okay. Thank you for sharing that mm. um, amazing information. Uh, I've made yeah, a few discoveries. Um, like I hadn't, I was not aware about this uh, scripture passage talking about the earth hanging on nothing. It's good to know that actually the Bible mentions that. Um, that's what we know, and it's um, documented in the Bible. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just believe that and hope that our listeners have been blessed with your message. Um, what do you have for us next week? Yeah, no, looking forward to um, to coming back next week again. And, um, and we're going to talk about the Bible as archaeology. So one of my passions uh, is finding out about how you can dig in the earth in different places around the, around the world that, mention, um, that, you know, that are mentioned in Scripture. And we can find evidence that, that, these, um, that these stories happened exactly as recorded, you know, that there's evidence in the ground of the cities uh, that are mentioned in Scripture. There's evidence of different events that took place in the Bible. And uh, so we're going to talk about a few archaeological digs next week and and some of the stories that are associated with them and how actually that often archaeology has proved the scripture right when um when a lot of uh, scientists believe that the scripture was wrong yeah Mm. so this is not a presentation to be missed so make sure you tune in next week on wednesday um to hear what daniel has to share and tomorrow we have david maxwell and jason cook and uh, david will be talking about freedom from death Hmm. Interesting as well. Don't miss that out. And our, our free book offer is called Understanding Creation. And the code to claim that book is draw12. Um, text draw12 to 0488-880891. And we will be able to send that book to you. We only have two free um, copies to give away. We'll give to the first two people to text. But if we have more people texting in, then we'll guide you on how to purchase this book. Um, thank you for joining us today and wherever you are, we hope you enjoyed the rest of your day and may God uh, bless you. Be going out with this song, Don't Forget His Love. It's a very important reminder by Ellie Holcomb. the Lord, oh my soul, oh and all my inmost being. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, don't forget His love, who forgives all.
Praise the Lord.